We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your Welcome to the Catholic Command Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Happy Advent to all. Adam Minahan here sitting in studio with David Niles. We have Juan on the buttons, uh, just tapping away. I think he like, do you think he does, what is this, uh, the chicken peck method? Of tapping the buttons? Yeah. Mucho, yeah. That's how they're doing in Venezuela. They're just the... T- mm, it's the traditional <laughs> Venezuelan method. Oh, they, well, he is a man of tradition, so yes. I would expect no, nothing less. We also have yes. a good friend of ours, uh, David Williams from... Uh, well, he's a, he's a friend of ours, but he's also uh, the creator or a co-creator of co-creator. St. Saint, uh, Cards. It's great to have you here, man. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate it, David. Thank you for having this me. This is number... Three or four? I think oh, this is number four. Four, four. Yeah. yeah. At least four. number four. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, been yeah. about a year and a half or so. So I was like, yeah, got to hang yeah. out again. Yeah. We yeah. got to get you, together. Yeah. When yeah. you messaged us that you were in town, I was excited. <laughs> really? yeah. Oh, yeah. Book it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it oh, very man. much. It's good to be with you. And mm-hmm. Juan, too, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Look at him. I also, well, Juan, I'm also glad to be with you here today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what what have you been up to? What, what's been going on? What's going on with St. Cards? What's what is the update? What yeah. is the update? Yeah, so St. Cards is going great. Um, we've got uh, the final collection of expansions that we are in the midst of producing mm-hmm. right now. And so uh, the long-awaited um, uh, Marion um, Apparitions expansion, which is going to uh, have a rosary you know, game board that gets attached to the, the main... Uh, the main, the main uh, you know, board for St. Cards. And then so you, you, your jewels, you know, will go around the rosary chain. And then you've got all of the great saints that saw Our Lady during their lifetime. And obviously the the apparitions themselves, the approved apparitions and, and the saints that are associated with those. So that that's like, for me, the crown jewel of the big, the big effort to get these out. Um, but along with that, we've got the Royals and Soldiers expansion. We've got the Liturgy expansion. We've got all sorts of other things that are in mm. this final collection. So it's like one of those... You know, when the Lord, you know, kind of puts a seed in your heart, which was, again, now back in 2009, 2010, and it's now 12 years later or so, and, and to kind of see all of it, you know, finally get out and and, uh, and finished up, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very exciting. It's yeah. very exciting. So, yeah, so we're running the gauntlet, getting those uh, pieces put together, and then uh, along with that, you know, store's still open, and we're still, uh, you know... Um, you know, getting getting base sets out to new new families every single day, and so the thirty second pitch of what Saint Cards is for yeah, those for who, yeah. who don't know who don't know. Yeah, so Saint Cards is a, it's a it's a game that you can play with your family, or you can play solitaire version that helps you learn facts about the lives of the saints. And so uh, the more you play, the more you get to know. So that all the symbols and the colors that are on the cards themselves, it's kind of like if you played Uno before you've got a leg up, right? So you basically just find similarities in the card that's turned up with the cards that's in your hand. And the more similarities, the more um, you know matches you make, then you know if you get three matches during the game, you get three treasure and then it goes to the next person. And then you know when you're out of cards, the game's over and whoever's got the most treasure wins. And then they gather all the treasure at the table and then 
give it to Jesus. And there's a Jesus card that's provided as well. So it's the best part of the game. It's, yeah, it is the best part of the game. And we at and, least and it that is, is my wife's. <laughs> it's my wife's invention, which is perfect because she's imagining like, okay, we want them to have the satisfaction of winning, uh-huh. but then at the same time understand that everything is for Jesus. So so then everybody still can contribute all of the jewels that they've gathered um, to Jesus via the person who won. And so, in the end, every single piece of treasure that's right. that's gathered. Gets very set. body of Christ. It is you know? very body of Christ. We're all playing on the same team. And we're in all the playing end. the same team. Every yeah, exactly. So anyway, so that's the that's the uh, Saint Cards in a nutshell. Okay, for sure. So um, I love just I love the game Saint Cards. My wife and I play it. Um, it's a great two person game, right? Uh, our kids are now getting old enough where we can start to teach them card games. But over the years, it's like well. They're just not very good strategists at four <laughs> years old, you know. There can um, be strategy. We are, you know, there, oh, there's sure. strategy. There's in a lot of strategy. Absolutely, That's yeah. Right. But when but, you're trying to teach them spades, and they're right. they're playing, they're it, starting out with the queen of spades. You're like, okay, oh, are you oh, even wow. trying? No. Yeah. Are you even trying? That, that yeah. one's worth a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so we would want to play a game, and say, and there's not a whole lot of like two player card games. Right. I mean, it's just. That's right. hard to find. So, uh, Saint Cards is a game that you can easily play. To, mm-hmm. to let me ask you this: Yeah, what is? Because you can't play all of the expansions at the same time. You, you're right. It, it's it's not recommended, but you can. You can. You can, and it is. It's a lot, right? So we usually recommend if you got an expansion, play it with the base game, one expansion at a time. If you want to like throw some extra spice in there, little cayenne pepper or something like that, mm-hmm. yeah, play yeah. another expansion in there. Um, we've done them all before just to test it, and it is possible. But it is a lot to keep track of. So you have done it. Oh, we've done it. Oh, yeah, it's it's a lot, and wow. um, and and we have these epic games where we'll stack them up, a good three hundred saints deep, and we just go, we just go for hours. Um, but one of our family favorites wow. is the Heaven Hold'em expansion, which is basically the Christianized or Christianese version of of Texas Hold'em poker, yeah. except it's called Heaven Hold'em. Yeah, of course, naturally. And instead of right, it's a turn your hearts to Jesus or you know the river. Uh, you know, of life, right? In rather than just the river, love it. So we we totally totally flip the game around. Um, but that's that's really fun too to you know kind of throw in a little um, you know a, a very a very uh, friendly uh, betting version of the of the game as well. But uh, but all sorts of ways to play. But yeah, we recommend one expansion at a time added onto the base game for the ultimate experience. But then if you really want to go for it. You can go for it, and it's like a hack learning. Like, what's the it is, the yeah. learning method? Yeah, so we like the Greek method, and uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas and Saint Albert the Great talked about the loci method, which is the the Greek you know memorization technique, where you basically have different objects that are showing up in the same same space. Um, it could be a room, it could be on a uh, in this case like on a on a card, and so um, you remember the symbol right that's associated with that saint. And as soon as you know what the symbol means, mm-hmm. then every single time you think of that saint. You know, like, like if I tell you know, ask my kids, you know, what what feast month is um, St. Francis de Sales celebrated and they'll say January because they close their eyes and they see the, you know, the symbol for January on um, the card, on the card. Right. right. And then you've got immediate geniuses. Right. Catholic geniuses in the, in the household. And you just use a, you know, just a ancient Greek method of right. memorization. We just all. play a lot of games. We just play a lot of games. That's how we roll. Yeah. But yeah, it is a little bit of a hack because the more you play the more familiar you become with the colors. And so then right. all you're doing in your brain is sourcing the colors and the symbols. And as soon as you know what those colors and symbols mean, then that locks it in. So I can ask the five-year-old, uh, and now he's seven, so now he's a seven-year-old, you know, is so-and-so a doctor of the church? And he can answer yes or no because it's either blue or it's not blue. So if it's blue, 
It's a doctor. Boom. We, we have a house rule. If you uh, play a saint on their feast day, extra three treasures. Extra three treasures. There are some families that do 10. See, Just yeah, we that. thought about because it's like, all right, it's a rare it's a, thing. It's in their house rules. Okay, well, house we rules. thought about doing more. Right. But the thing is, if you get an extra 10 treasures, you, the game's over. It's over. All right? That's Especially right. if you're just... But, Pamela it's and very I true. playing. It's just two of us. Okay, like <laughs> ten, not gonna make, make up a I, difference of ten. That's right. As as a, as the game moderator, I would say three to five is is gonna keep the game in range. For right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But it's a it's a lot of fun. And again, it, the whole idea is you know if we can you know bring bring the family together at the table, um, and and it's obviously centered on the faith. But it's fun too. It's not just it is fun. Know, we're we're sitting there, and there is a lot of strategy. So you know, I mean, you get a bunch of guys together at the table, and yeah. Yeah, it could, there really it, is. It In the beginning, get, yeah. you're like, all right, you know, mapping out your plan. I'm going right. to pair up these saints together. That's you right. know, yeah. Anyway, it's a good time. Saints, saintcards.com. Saintcards.com. And I, actually, for those that are watching this episode, here to four, I will never change this code. Man Show Nine uh, will give you an extra nine dollars off on our website. So we've nice. already got discounts nice. and free shipping and all that. But Man Show Nine, all capital letters, the number nine, M A N S H O W nine. An extra nine dollars off. We won't turn it off. Is we'll there going to be a on. Cyber Monday sale? Well, there is a Cyber Monday sale, but it's not as good as the Man Show Nine code. All right. So put in the Man Show Nine. You're code. welcome. Cyber, unless you, yeah. unless maybe you're ordering like a thousand dollars. Then yeah, then, then give us a call. Yeah, give us a call. We can forget the website. We can, call us. We can right. hook you up. Yeah, but there's percentages that are offered on that website. I think our, our Cyber Monday deals is seven dollars off. So we 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 upped we upped our game with you guys. All right, so Man Show Nine. Man we'll get nine. you the best deal on the planet. So there you go. Syncards.com. Nice. Uh, we're going to talk about fatherhood today. Yeah, we are. Uh, but you're, the last time you were on, I think your wife was either ex- like almost about to pop or like just, just delivered. Happened. I think just yeah. delivered. Yeah. Okay. The little guy was, was, just, was just welcomed into the world, I think, last time uh, we were on. So he is now uh, a good 18 months strong, plus, uh, plus a few days, doing great. Um, yeah, getting um, into some trouble, I imagine. You know, he's doing he's doing great. He's a really good politician. Oh, so he's not getting into too much trouble. All so right. he's realized, like, if we say no, no, he goes immediately to hurt, okay, hurt baby. Like, okay, I get it. You're trying to protect me because he has all these siblings. So there's just fun waiting for him to his left and right all the time. So right. he's not really if he gets keyed in on something, we're like, ooh, I don't know about that. He's like, hurt baby. I'm good with that because now. I can go, you know, hang out with the right. other kids. So. I got options. We got options. He he showed up to a big birthday party every day. It's kind of the right. kind of the way he is. So he's he's living he's living the uh, he's living the dream. He's yeah, and I'm sure good. he's yeah, yeah. very popular. It's, you know, yeah, yeah. The, this yeah, this, the baby is the, always popular when they're a baby. Yeah, there's been a few moments of his life where he's been alone, like where he will wake up and nobody's up yet. And he just walked, you know, it, like yeah, Kendall and I will still be resting and he'll just, you know, hop off the bed and walk out and, and it's just him and the dog. And he's just, he just doesn't know what to do. Like it's Macaulay like, Culkin and we've got to, we've got to yeah. wake, wake everybody up. This is, yeah. there's something that's not right here. So he likes the noise. He likes the, yeah. the he's t- a boy. He's a boy. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, he's a boy. And then he likes, you know, he's like, where's that? Where is everybody? Where is, let's yeah. go. Let's get this going. Yeah. So. Cause you have like a 17 year old is your oldest. Yep. Oldest. And, uh, and then. Yep. What's the age of? It goes uh, seventeen, and then um, and then Jamie's almost sixteen, and then Eleni's uh, fourteen, and then Bennett's twelve, Vincent's ten, Hudson's seven, and then we've got uh, Everett, Everett at a year and a half. So 
just nice. plugging along, doing great. It's, nice. uh, it's a big blessing. Lots, awesome. of bo- lots of boys. The Williams name is not going to die today. Not today. <laughs> not today. We're going to keep this thing going. Yes. That's right. Grandpa would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. So when we get back, we're going we're gonna to continue talking about fatherhood. Uh, we didn't even mention that we were drinking uh, a little bit of Morning We'll have to mention 14 that. year on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. Think of the men in your life, your brother, your father-in-law, your neighbor, your coworker, the guy who sits in front of you in, in mass every single Sunday. How are you going to help these guys find freedom as sons of God and help them start living the Christian life? I mean, that's what we're called to do in baptism, right? And one concrete way we can do that to make disciples of men is invite them to Exodus 90 that begins January 9th, 2023. Exodus 90 leads men on a 90-day journey through the book of Exodus taking them back to the fundamentals of the faith. This is prayer, self-denial, and brotherhood. Dave, the crazy thing is 99% of the people who do Exodus 90 report greater freedom from worldly attachments when they finish. And what's more, doing Exodus 90 in a fraternity versus going it alone can actually make or break a man's 90 days. Right. So again, ask yourself, who are the men in your life that could benefit from doing Exodus 90 this year? Think of their faces in your mind. Right now. Now, outside of your mind, write them down. Make an actual list. The worst thing they can do is say no to you. That's right. And then take action. Take the list of prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit about it and ask the Holy Spirit how you can help them. The Exodus 90 team has created a free resource. This guide will help you in your journey to freedom and help you share the journey with other men. Check out exodus90.com slash catholicmanshow to get your free guide. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. With Adam Minahan, our special guest, Mr. David Williams, co-creator of several children and a game called St. Cards, which we've been previously talking about. We did not talk about the whiskey that we've been drinking today, which we should talk about because it's delicious. We have Today we're enjoying the Glenmorangie Quinta Rubin, the 14-year. We were discussing earlier, we've had a Quinta Rubin on the show. We don't remember if it was the 14-year or not, but this 14-year, I'll tell you, is really nice. I don't believe that we... Ha- I think we had the unaged, uh, undocumented age. Like no age statement on it before? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this one's really... Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, very smooth, has that, this spicy... Yeah, that was the first thing that hit me. It's like, whoa, that's a little spicy. Yeah, on the back end of it. It's really nice. Um, Got some, like, peppercorns in there. Yeah, I mean... It's really good. But it's also, you know, it's uh, finished in, is it Oloroso? What is it? Uh, no, in, in rum. Or, or port cask. It's oh, port, port. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, but anyway, so it's got that, it's got that sweet, sweetness from the port. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is it just it's really nice? I think it's about uh, $50. So very manageable. Oh, wow. Very manageable. That's a great deal. For the price. It's very good. That's a fantastic deal. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, anyway, so, yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about fatherhood. Uh, you, you, you suggested, like, just let's throw out question and answers. Yeah. Like, let's, let's, try, like, let's, 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 let's just try to figure yeah. out, like, what the heck are we ta- what, what the heck are we doing what as fathers? What are we fathers? supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. Right. Because we're trying. We are, no doubt. We are trying. And I think that's, that's probably, you could argue, the, the, biggest, the biggest thing, right, that we can yeah. offer is, is the dedication, you know, to try. Um, knowing full well that we are not perfect 
Um, but by golly, we're gonna we're gonna try, right? Yeah. And so, you know, there's something I don't know if you guys have uh, picked up this book, uh, Living Beyond Sunday, or not. Hmm. Is that by um, Ascension Press? It is by Ascension Press. Yeah. And this is uh, they did not ask me to say this. There's, there's a couple. Of, there's actually four authors for this book: um, Adam and Haley Minahan and David and Pamela Niles. It's a great gift, by the Sounds way. Thank familiar. you, thank you all for writing yeah. this with oh, your sure. brides. Um, it's it's really great. First of all, I just want to compliment y'all in Ascension on the size of the book. Mm. It's it's a really great length, and it's also a great size, so you can put it in like a, a pocket or a purse, and you know, yeah. in my case, a pocket, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in my wife's case, a purse, mm-hmm. and um, it's very totable, which is really helpful because the way that it's that y'all arrange this makes it nice and bite size, right? Um, but one of the sections that really struck me as I was going through it was just the, you know, of course, when you talk about protection and provision, those are words almost always that are associated with, you know, good, you know, good fatherhood, right? Mm-hmm. We protect, right? We provide. But that establish, right, really hit me hard. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's you know, as we're trying, yeah, we're trying to protect. We do, we do everything we can to protect. We do everything we can to provide. And a lot of the time we are, um, you know, having conversations with our, 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 our spouses and we're having conversations with our with our kids to that you know look 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 at how sacrificial I'm being right now or, or you know daddy's working really hard so that you know we can have money in the account so that we can do this and that and the other thing and 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 all that but then that established step like this was really really convicting for me mm-hmm. um, and I loved what you all had to write about it because yeah it, it, establishment is is you know that that third tenet it, it kind of without establishment the protection, the provision doesn't have anywhere to go. Like, right. what are we, what are we actually building here? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're worthless, kind of. They're, they're worthless. I'm right. Protect and provide for my kids so they can grow up to be a terrible person. Right. You know, it's like, right. no, that's not what we're doing. You know? Or, or even just grow up so that they can get to college, or go up, grow up so they can be successful in the workplace, or, right. or be able to to do whatever they want to do. It, you know, like that's an endless game. Mm-hmm. It's an endless, um, you know, proposition. If that's all that we are, which you know, everybody for. desires those things. I mean, you know, you want your kids to be successful. That's right. You know. But hopefully they're being successful at good things. That's right. Um, you know, ordered towards the ultimate good. That's right. That's right. And the ultimate goal for us is for our entire families to be in heaven, yeah. right, in glory for all eternity. So that's the ultimate prize. And you could argue that whatever we establish here on earth as fathers should be to that end, should be focused solely on that end. And so, you know, to your point, though, we're here. We're trying, right? We're not perfect. Then that is that is for sure. But boy, boy, are we are we trying? You know. Yeah, and I think actually the establishing part is is the is the hardest of the th- of the of the three. The first two seem very natural for just men in general to provide and to pro- and to protect. Yeah, and you know how to do those things. Like right. they're very action items. Yep. You know, check. Yes. I can check those boxes. Right. Easily. But the, but the establishing part uh, comes with very difficult choices to make. Yeah. Uh, including you know allowing your kids to fail. Um, which you don't want to do. You don't want to see them fail or like, you know, making them uh, realize that, okay, there is adversity. How do I deal with this adversity? And then how do I grow and like, you know, overcome this and have the fortitude to continue moving forward even when I am, like those are, those are tough things to do. They're easy to talk about. That's right. Very tough to do whenever you see your kid struggling and you, you know, I can help him. I can help him right now. That's right. But you choose almost not to for the sake of letting him push through, yeah. um, you know, for the, you know, to grow in virtue. That's right. 
That's right. And, and you know, I think the, the, what hit me between the eyes here, not that I'm Goliath or anything. Um, you are rather tall. But um, <laughs> I just realized that illusion is anytime it just hit me between the eyes. It's like you're acknowledging you're Goliath in that moment. All right. Um, but the, the one thing that hit me between the eyes was recognizing that, you know, like we talk all the time about, you know, having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We, we should and we ought to. Mm-hmm. Our personal relationship with Our Lady, with the saints. And then the challenge for me, especially this last year, has been, do I have a personal relationship with every single one of my children? Can my children say, ooh, I have a personal relationship with my father? So, yeah, we're providing. Yeah, we're protecting. We're doing everything that we can. But then that, that establishment piece, for me anyway, I guess one of the takeaways is like, ooh, am I doing a good job establishing an, a, a focused and personal relationship with child number one? That is distinct mm-hmm. from my relationship with child number two, child mm-hmm. number three, yeah. et cetera, right? And so the bigger the family gets, the busier things get, the more difficult it is sometimes to establish that relationship. But I think that's another piece that was convicting for me mm-hmm. in the midst of it all, too, and just realizing, like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm one walk away or I'm one conversation away from establishing something with this child that um, is something that we have. You know, that's that's a that's a connection point. And obviously— the, the, the most important of all is that personal relationship you have with your spouse. But then along with that, you know, how are we establishing that, that connected relationship with each of our children too? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, I, I know that that's a work in progress for me. You know, it's not a, it's not perfect, but, right. but it's something I'm trying for. Yeah. Right? So on that note, I want to ask you this question um, because this is something that I'm really working on right now. And I feel like I'm losing this battle. Like this is not, this is like something I'm not doing well um, about having, you know, you want to balance with your kids, your role as disciplinarian. You know, my kids are still young. My oldest is seven. Um, so, you know, like I'm still in the disciplinarian mode, um, you know, kind of on a day to day basis. Right. Where they're right. not so much with my seven year old, not as much as, you know, with my three year old and or actually I don't have a three year old, but my four year old and my two year old. Right. Um, but balancing the role of disciplinarian and also like keeping lines of communication open, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you like keeping that? Where it's like, well, I want them to be able to tell me anything, right? You know, but also they need to like face consequences when they tell you certain. I things. mean, like when when they do certain things, right? right? You know, what advice do you have for me and for anybody about like? Forget everybody else, just for you. Yeah, I mean, really. actually, right. forget. Yeah. I actually don't care about everybody else. Just like, yeah. you guys, you guys are for you. This is for me. Nobody listen. Yeah. Okay, but uh, like, I I want to make sure that my children feel like they can come up, that they can truly tell me anything, that they don't have to hide anything from me, right? Um, what What have you learned? Because I, I really look up to you as a father, yeah. and mm-hmm. so, um, what advice would you have on that front? Uh, any advice I give you, I have to give to myself because sure. it's the same thing. I do you that know, all, it, all the time. It, it is, but, but it is like yeah. it, it, it's not by any means um, coming from a place of of even close to perfection by any means. But I have noticed, especially as they get older, that um, my my inclination to associate my identity as a good father, uh, my my inclination to tie that directly to the way that they speak and behave and act increases as time goes on so if i don't watch it right the way that they act the way that they speak the way that they behave i sometimes will associate 
you know, my identity and who I am with the output or the product, so to speak. And I end up objectifying them when I do that. Right. Uh So if, you know, so those moments of, of like, Hey, you know, you need to do this because I told you to, and I'm your father and remember the fourth commandment, right? Come on, you know, the, the hellfire brimstone approach, regrettably, you know, there's been too many of those moments where I, I, I take it personally whenever there's a moment of indiscretion, um, especially with, with my sons. Right. But as they get older, the, 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 the question that you're asking is the question, because if we don't do a good job opening up those lines of communication, mm-hmm. right, what we could potentially do much to our chagrin would be to sever that, that inclination that they would have to, to want to talk to us about anything. And that's right. really the goal is how do we, how do we maintain authority and, and maintain that sense of honor and dignity that we have as fathers, but also relay to them, Hey, we are imperfect, just like you. We're working on things just like you without sacrificing um, the the honor that's that's due to the office, right? Uh, it's it is it is not an easy thing. What I have found from an advice perspective, and this is just due to advice that I've received from fathers who have you know kids that are twenty years older than mine, is we have to do a good job listening. And there are there's three things that I that I heard from a good, close friend of mine in the St. Louis area that I, I rely on to kind of help center me, and I can I can share those uh, you know, on the other side here. Okay, good. Well, this is the, I mean that, that piggybacks right off of the establishing part, right? It, right. It, establishing these relationships, you have to have those relationships in order for them to tell you and for you to be able to listen to what they're actually having you know, like going on in their life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, all right, we'll be right back. For over 35 years, Select International Tours has been planning pilgrimages all across the world, and they've been doing that for a reason. Yeah, if you guys have listened to our show, then you know that we just got back from Ireland. Uh, We used Select International Tours to book our pilgrimage to Ireland. Everything went just great. It went exactly how we planned it. Right. right? In fact, one of the pilgrims uh, said that it was his the best pilgrimage he's ever been on. Right. I mean, so the thing is, they know what they're doing. If if you want to go on a nice pilgrimage uh, that's really you know oriented around experiencing the Catholic faith um, in some of the most historic, most important sites all over the world for the history of our faith, go to selectinternationaltours.com. They have pilgrimages going everywhere in the world all the time just because you know they, they do it so well, everybody wants to use them. That's right. And if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow, you'll be one of the first ones to know when we're planning our next pilgrimage, which spring or summer 2024. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We want to thank Select International Tours for being a sponsor of our show, The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. Sitting here talking about fatherhood with our good friend David Williams from co-creator of Saint Cards. Before the break, you were going to give us uh, three things yeah. uh, that you wanted to... Um, talking about open lines of communication. Open lines of communication, yeah, with an establishment. Children. Yeah, so first, this is a, this one's going to come across. So again, this is advice that I received from, a, um, uh, from a, a good friend of mine in the St. Louis area. Um, who has raised, you know, four wonderful children who have, you know, 
remained. In, I mean, just one of those faithful families that you're like, okay, it, it, I want to. Who it worked. I want to do yeah. whatever you Whatever's did. There, I we, want to rinse right. and repeat. Could, could that. we do that? Right. Yeah. So, I, so I similar question I asked him. So I'll just share with you what what he said since I'm still in the middle of the third quarter here or whatever okay. it is. Uh-huh. Um, don't ever yell upstairs for your kids to come downstairs. And he says, let me explain. Oh, oh man. man. I, I, do, know. <laughs> I do that all I know. the time. I know. Every day. Maybe twice. And he said, let me explain. And I'm like, I'm already like guilty like 17 times yesterday, right? Yeah. But, oh, but especially as they get older, right? The dignity of their work, right? Undoubtedly, they're working on their school. They're working on their projects. They might be cleaning. They might be fooling around. It doesn't matter. what They could be doing a pill, whatever, you know, Nerf war. doesn't matter. But it's a slow and it's a calm walk up the stairs and the dignity of a nice knock or, hey, here in about five minutes, we're going to have dinner. So I just want to give you the heads up so that you can prepare to come on down. Nice, calm, cool and collected. Right. And so he says within that is what you're communicating as a father is, hey, I am respecting your time. In other words, it's not just my time that's important, Mm -hmm. but your time is important, too. And the way that you manage your day the way that you manage your time, eventually you're not going to have me around to, to bark orders and tell you when it's time to eat or when it's time to pray. So especially for our sons, right, as they grow into into virtue, right, is mm. and they're leading their home, if they don't get the opportunity to practice that and you don't have an opportunity as a father to validate the time, their time. Um, so that that's a piece of advice number one is don't yell upstairs. Right? I mean, I know. I, know. It may, it may, I mean, these are these guilty. little things right? that, you know what? Like sometimes you hear something and you just like, oh, you just know that that's true. <laughs> yeah. but you know, but that's like, the thing. That's the way I felt too. It's like, oh, I know that's true. But again, the, the rationale behind it is too that you're expressing control. Like, why are you making an argument out of something that's not even an argument? You're mm-hmm. raising your voice mm-hmm. and there's not even a fight. Mm. What and about so ringing a bell? Ringing a bell, like a whistle not, from Sound of Music. We, yeah. we have like a nice ding. Ding, ding. That's, but the thing is, it doesn't. Uh, it still doesn't do what you're talking about. Like, hey, I'm respecting you know because yeah. the bell has come down now. And, right. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's just more. And of, again, this is more like, of a. It's a polite way. <laughs> this is the, to yeah, yell. You know? right. But this is like the dad of the 15, the 16, the 17 year old. Like you're you're cranking away working on your ACT prep or you know like my second uh, son has got a you know business that he runs and so he's working on his financials and I mean he's. Doing, he's working. Yeah, right? he's, he's got a, he's got a he's, lawn care business. He's got a lawn care business. He's rocking it, right? He's making so it happen. He's making it happen. So, so he's establishing, right? It's back to this word, right? So then, am I helping with the establishment by just interrupting and saying, "Stop what you're doing right now. Whatever you're doing can't be nearly as important." Now, again, there's emergencies and there's all sorts of stuff like, "Hey, there's a problem," and you know, whatever. That's different. But sure. if it's the regular rigmarole of the day, like the yelling, the yelling. For the for the response, right, is the, the yeah. first point. So that and, was like, and if, if you're conditioned, if you always go upstairs, if you do that, when you do yell, yeah, I imagine, I imagine like you get there's a, there's you get a, a very prompt response because yeah. like, oh, dad's we, we like, do Jesus. yeah, like, yeah, something must be wrong. We better right. go. Right, right. So the second piece of advice is that your son, your children deserve to have you remain in the position of a hero for the rest of their lives. So the next piece of advice is it is not your duty and obligation to share with them all the junk and trash of the decisions that you've made in your lifetime. So sometimes that's a propensity for us. It's like, well, if I'm going to open up lines of communication mm-hmm. with my children, I especially be vulnerable, as I've got to be vulnerable. I need to wade them through everything that I've ever confessed in the confessional. Right. 
And so, so, you know, again, from my, from my background, the way I was raised is like full confession to all people at all times. And that way, you know, and when I say my background, that's pro that that's my, you know, prior to prior to coming to the church background uh-huh. kind of a thing. But what happens in the confessional stays in the confessional for the priest and ought to be that way for us as men too, to a degree, right? Because, you know, to, to kind of share everything, hey, well, just, just to be transparent with you, you know, 17 year old son or 22 year old son. Uh, this is exactly what I shared with the priest. Can also steal away from the dignity and the and the God ordained, um, uh, you know, sanctity of that sacrament, right? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't mean that you're not sharing with them, you know, struggles with you know with pride or impurity or anything like that, but not at the level, right, of of detail that you would, you know, in in the confessional. Right. Now that's interesting because again, we're talking about being transparent and making sure that we're opening lines of communication. So it's a balance. And so that that, right. that that piece of advice was interesting for me too, because it's like, okay, well, how do we then create um, these open lines, but at the same time reserve the dignity of the sacrament of, of, of reconciliation? Are there ways that we as fathers can still be vulnerable and can still indicate, hey, we don't have it all together, but by golly, we are, we, you know, we, we are we are trying. There are ways to to communicate that and the same discretion that you would use in a in a public speech or even right here on a show, uh, we can still talk about substantial things without having to get into the the nitty gritty, you know, details of everything. And that's a second piece of advice too, with, um, you know, your children deserve to be able to, to keep you and your wife in those seats of, of honor, you know, in their, you know, in their, uh, you know, from, from their perspective. So that was an, I think that that is fantastic advice. Uh, I mean, I, because I do think that there are a lot of people who think, oh, I need to be completely honest with my children, you know, and tell an open and volunteer a lot of things, you know, that that doesn't necessarily that, need to yeah, be. That, that they don't need to know. Yeah, that, and that doesn't mean that at some point in their lives as they transition into adults and maybe are struggling with things that you don't, you know, if they ask you about certain things, you, you know, like maybe there is a situation where you do tell them, hey, you know, actually, when I was younger, I made these mistakes, you know, when they're old enough to understand and in a way that it doesn't, it still doesn't sacrifice that, oh, dad's a hero. Because right. you can have that conversation where they have context through their own life experience of, hey, dad made mistakes and he overcame them. And that is why he's a hero. You yeah. know, you know, so that's still, that's still possible. But yes, it, I think that if you talk about some things about your past, and I have a lot of these things in my own past. Yep. If I talk about them, I mean, with, I'm talking a lot with, with my right. kids. Yeah. That's right. It has a way of stealing their innocence. <laughs> That's right. Because their innocence, in some ways, right. they get from me. Right. That, like, I'm good. I do good things, right? And so they strive for good things, too, because that's what I do. That's right. And so if if all of a sudden I'm not good, neither are they. And, that, that's right. you know, they will, kind of, they will kind of imbibe that from me. Um, and so... Well, and there's an element, too, of allowing the Lord's forgiveness and the sacrament of reconciliation to actually have its effect. He has forgiven you. Right. So then can you forgive yourself? Those, and can you show that to your children that mm-hmm. you have forgiven, you know? That's your, hard. That's right? hard to do sometimes. So that's, that's that piece of advice number two. And then the final piece is that our job, and back to establishment, right, is not to throw knowledge at them. It's not to throw, you know, the, these these oodles of wisdom at them and say, hey, read, you know, read this book. and that. But... But the, the whole word educare, right, is the drawing out, like education is where it comes from, is the drawing out and to reveal to them what God has placed there on the inside, right? So then from an establishment perspective, we can establish those lines of communication and that, that personal relationship 
with each of the children, whether it's public praise in front of the other siblings and saying, hey, you know, for, for this child, um, they really exhibited, you know, character quality X today. And I just wanted to point that out to, you know, just express my appreciation or if there's other other means of drawing that out. But to be able to show them and be able to pull in and show them, hey, this is what I see in you. Right. Um, is massively valuable because it's really that that we want them to latch onto. The world's going to throw all sorts of things at them to say, hey, um, you know, this is who you are. This is what you should be striving for. This mm-hmm. is this is the way to define happiness, define success. But then you can, as a father in particular, with your wife and your children, can draw and say, hey, this is what I see. This is the brilliance of the way God's made you and its effect that it's having on all of us. And and you need to know that this is this is the reason why we're grateful that you're here. Mm. And so creating that culture in your home, and again, this is this is coming from a guy that is massively struggling each and every day to do this right so and but i know this piece of advice is 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 huge as well to to to, you know implement in the home the more that we do that the more the culture shifts to that culture of encouragement and um and then they have something Mm -hmm. that they can latch on to right um and this is all speaking the virtues it's 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 exactly right speaking Speaking the language language language, of the virtues so so anyway so that's that's my answer to your question is you know those three pieces of advice from a good friend of mine. That is, I just love that. I'm, I'm so glad you shared that with us. Another thing that I've been like thinking about on the same sort of subject. So uh, my oldest is like, just she has strong emotions. Okay, like yeah. it's just part of her temperament. Um, and I know that God has given her these strong emotions. You know, she ha- he has a plan for her yeah. in order to wh- whether she's going to be a defender of the innocent, you know, or or whatever it is. Um, but. In the meantime, it's sort of a challenge, you know, to deal with as at, when she's seven. Right. Um, but so sometimes she'll have like, oh, she gets in these moods, and I really like want her to open up. And you know, I feel like if I just come in, no, you can tell me, you can tell, you know, like that's not, that's not going to work. I need right. to. How much? Especially you have older kids, so it's right. like at seven, there's really nothing serious that she has going on in her life. Okay, everything is pretty meaningless honestly it's it's trivial anyway it's not meaningless it's trivial but you know you have seven teenagers they might actually have some serious things that they're doing right or wrong right Right. um or or a 17 year old so if you notice and we can talk about this on the other side of the break but like if you notice oh they have something on your heart i'm not going to ask them out like i'm going to let them come to me versus asking them like do you want to talk about it you know like you know, you're like active a, or you're permissive? Right, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, there's a balance <laughs> here. Because I want those. Like, please, let's talk about it. You know, right, like, I right. just, you know. Anyway, it's like the father I just know in heaven, like, yearns for us. Like, please bring this to me. Right. I just want to talk about this, you know. <laughs> That's right. Anyway. So balancing other, that, that patience. Yes, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, other yeah. side of the break, we'll, let's, we'll, we'll be right back. Hey guys, David Niles here from the Catholic Man Show with Adam Minahan. And if you haven't heard, we wrote a book. With our wives, so you know it's good. That's right. And it's on the domestic church called Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. And that's exactly what it's about. How to live the faith beyond just going to Mass on Sunday. How to experience and live your life at home so that we can grow towards holiness. That's right. And it's published by Ascension Press. So go to ascensionpress.com, search for Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place to get your copy or buy in bulk. Cheers to Jesus.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. I'm talking to David Williams, father, husband, Catholic. That's right. Uh, we're talking about communicating. We're just riffing on fatherhood, really. That's we are riffing. That'd be also a good, a good show title, riffing on fatherhood. But um, I like it. Synod, synodality on synodality. fatherhood. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. That one's better. <laughs> um, so we're talking about communication. Yep. Uh, basically, we're talking about my problems with communicating with my children, um, which I, this is a great therapy session for me. I don't know how much I'm going to owe you guys after w- when we're done, but just you know, invoice me or whatever. Um, uh, you can't afford it. <laughs> so as you get older, I can see how that you know, like you notice, like hey, children are dealing with an issue. You want them to come to you. Yeah. What, What's the like balancing act here? And I, this is like a, I understand there's probably not a rule, you know, for this because it's going to be so different with each one of your kids. But it, right. if you have any advice for me, I'm desperate to hear it. Um, like because I just want uh, basically I I want my children to know that I love them. That's right. Um, and that like I will always be there for them. You That's know, right. and that, that there is nothing, no matter how terrible it is, no matter what mistakes they've made. That like they can always come to me. That's right for love, right? That 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 it's just it's unconditional. That's and, right. Um, there might of course be consequences for some some things, but it's not because of me. It's just because of reality. You That's know? right. Um, so what do I do? Like, tell me. Well, so sometimes what helps me is to think about the way that God the Father responds to me, mm-hmm. right? So there's no, like there's approach. there's nothing that we can take to him that's going to surprise him, but we like to think that, yeah, right. We like to think that we've got something that oh yeah, I just want to let you know that this is going on. He's like oh wow, I had no idea, right? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> so so the, so let's look at prayer, right? We go to the Father and we think, uh, and I'll just I'll 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 make my own personal confession here. Oftentimes I go and I think I've got to have it in a certain way, approach him, you know, throne of grace. Just want to make sure you know I appreciate everything you're doing. It'd be super cool if it could work out there. Help me be more patient and all this. And we kind of have our list and everything, and we get mm-hmm. in. But we oftentimes don't stop. And I say we. I should just say myself for now. But like oftentimes I don't stop and just just talk to him. Like so, the same desire that you have that you're that sounding board for your children. Same desire that I have that you have that we're just there for them no matter what. Even if what they're saying is absolutely ridiculous. Even if it's unsubstantial and it has nothing to do with reality, it doesn't have anything to like God, the father would never refuse a conversation with us that had absolutely nothing to do with, you know, anything that made sense. Right. And so as men, I think sometimes we don't go to the, we kind of, we get all prim and proper sometimes. And I think, you know, it can, it can be to our own detriment, right? Because uh, we kind of look around the world and go, well, where can I, you know, my, you know, our family life is so busy and, Sometimes we have that opportunity to share, you know, all those things with our spouses. Other weeks are like this past weekend with Thanksgiving. Everything's busy and crazy, and we got to catch up with our spouses now because there's been, you know, lots of family and, and friends in town and all that. Um, but then are we going to the Father and, and just say, ah, oh, this is what's on my mind, right? So then with that image, you think about your daughter, right? And she comes to you. Um, and our tendency sometimes as men is to just, like, provide the answer. Like, tell me everything yeah. so that I can solve right. it for you. This is the establishment. We're know, going back to the establishment. I know the answer. Back to establishment, I know the right? answer. But what yeah. we have to establish, and I think I'm going to key in on this word, is empathy, right? 
And oftentimes that word is not always associated with manliness or manhood. But what I mean when I say empathy is this, to the point where you can listen and just shut up and listen Mm -hmm. and then have the only thing you say be, hey, sweetheart, I just want to let you know, thank you for sharing that with me. It really means a lot to me. So what what else do you want to say? Sweetheart, um, really means a lot to me that you shared that with me. I'm going to take some time and I'm going to think about that. And I'd like to talk about this some more or tell me, what do you mean by, you know, what do you mean by none? <laughs> or what do you mean by, yeah. you know, what do you mean? What do you say that, that, that you, you want to do you this? Say grandpa, when you say grandpa, tell me more, tell me more about that. Because God told you there's a lot of words I'd like to define. <laughs> right. So then we like to go, well, Hey, I'm reading the spiritual, I'm doing all this stuff. I just read Aquinas and that's actually impossible. And here are the reasons why and blah, blah, blah. Right. But that's not the point. I answered that. Right. Right. <laughs> I know the answer to that one. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is easy. But really just to say, hey, I really want to let you know that I appreciate you sharing that with me. Mm-hmm. It means a lot. And then standing up and giving them a hug. Like, like that is enough. If we think about the conversations that might precipitate after that, those could potentially get more down to the solutions and more down to the if there's correctives or if there's opportunity for um, instruction. Yeah. But more often than not, if we want to open up that channel of communication, again, this is, you know, as I'm, as I'm sharing this, I'm thinking about all of my children and all of the, all the desires that I have for my relationship with them and the lack of time sometimes that there is, or, or I go back and think, Oh, I wish I would have done that conversation a little bit differently. Almost always it comes back to, Hey David, if you would have kept your mouth shut a little longer, yeah, right. If you would have just listened and nodded your head and took it in and, and repeated back what you heard to make sure that you understand showing them that you care more about spending time with them than about solving their problems, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's where that third piece of advice uh, that I got from that gentleman is is not just praising them in that culture, but also making sure that you're communicating to them that, hey, of all the people in the world that I'd rather spend the most time with, it's your mama and it's you, Mm -hmm. right? You are literally the apple of my eye. Uh, And we can communicate that with our empathetic response, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's just a, a point of conviction for me um, lately that I'll pass along to you is is um, is in those moments can we invoke that empathy and just say, "Sweetheart, I really really appreciate you letting me know." Mm-hmm. Is there yeah. anything else that you actually? I have a question about something you said that I thought was really insightful. Um, I thought that was brilliant what you said there. Can you tell me more about that? Mm-hmm. And you just sit there and listen, just like God, the father, like he's sitting there listening to us. He's like, I, you know, he knows, but that's not the point. He's just there for us always. And I think that's the, um, th- that would be the way that I would, you know, answer that particular one is, and I think that's where the struggle with, you know, having time, like we're providing and we're protecting and we're doing all this stuff out there all, always, but do we have the time to establish these lines of communication, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think that's the that's how we kind of bring all this together is yeah. uh, making that a focus. So how do you how do you like make that time? I think Dave does a really good job. He has adoration hour at uh, five p.m. You know, from five to six on Mondays, and so he takes one of his children with him, and then they go out and have a little little like daddy daughter date or whatever mm-hmm. or afterwards. I think he does a great job of that. But as you keep getting you know having more kids, it gets tougher and tougher to to 
have those times with one on one? How do you how do you do yeah. that? Yeah, that's and you're asking you're asking some of that isn't it? Again, I have to keep saying this. Like <laughs> it's like every day. It's like a new every day is a new day. But like walks, right? Just hopping out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, you want to go grab a catch? You know, let's go let's go uh, let's go play catch for a little bit. Um, you may not have any serious conversations while you're playing catch, but you're you are taking ten minutes out of your day to do something with that boy or to do something, you know, like my, my daughter, Hey, let's go, let's go ahead and look at your flowers together. Right. There may not be anything substantial that you share, except that you're making purposeful time to spend with that person. Right. And so week over week, you know, those, those moments can turn into those, those formation, you know, moments where you say, Hey, you know, how, how's everything going with your day? Or, Hey, what did you think of the, the homily from this morning. Hmm. Um, what what thoughts did you have? Uh, it, it, yeah, with seven kids, it, it's tough to find those alone moments. But with a walk, with a the, hey, let's 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 go outside for just a second. Let's find some sort of excuse to do something, just just one on one together. It could be a game. It could be a um, hey, pop into my office real quick. Um, Thirty minutes at the end of every day, like you know, you know, one day one. One kid a day. If you're working from home, you know you've got you've got a chance to do that. And again, I've I've, I've had moments where I've been able to do that, and other moments where I haven't. But um, the the point is getting back to how we started it. We're that they're they're seeing you constantly trying to to spend that time. So there are some some good ideas that I've seen out there. Like you know that the the holy hour is awesome, right? Because mm-hmm. then you you got just special time with Jesus, special time with Daddy or Mama. Um, you know that's that's actually something that I need I need to do. Um, I think that's a that's a brilliant idea, right? Um, but but ideas like that, I think um, you know, week over week, uh, we've we've even thought about having like a um, you know a, a monthly like, hey, it's time you know just time with with mom and dad. We're gonna go grab grab some grab some lunch together on a Saturday and uh, and and spend some time together. The the propensity though that I have is when I finally have figured out how to craft that moment. I want to pack in all the words of advice that's that exact, I have. Yes, yeah, that's I what know. I want. And that's the it's, trick. Yeah, is like oftentimes that's exactly what I. That's felt. not the recipe. I did that with Jude just the other day. It was right? his birthday. I was like, "Let's go wherever you want to go. We're gonna have lunch." He goes like, "Let's let's go where he wants chicken." We we stopped off and you know we're eating chicken. I was like, I was like ready to just unload all these things on him. Right. And you you didn't bring a notepad. Let me yeah, get, let me get you ready for life right yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's so hard to bite your tongue in that moment. And just like he he's not asking for that. Right. He he just wants to spend time with me. And that's right. Um, that's it's, right. It's very hard to to bite your tongue. It is, and I think that it goes back to that that empathy piece. Right. Is is that we we want to create the opportunity for them to to not just feel close to us, but to be close to us. And then when those moments come where we say, "Hey, I just want to let you know that I love you." That may be all yeah. that you have to say in that thirty-minute moment, mm-hmm. and that is, that is, that is worth its weight in gold for the for for their behavior for yeah. the next week, right? I tell you what, talking about all these things has just made me so grateful to have struggles with my children like this, just because it it just gives me insight into the father's love for me. That's right, right? right. You know that I have these these desires for my children, like I want just to love them, right? You know, I just mm-hmm. I just want them to come to me, I know. right? And 
how much more does the father have these I mean this to times a billion times right. infinity that's right, right. Uh, just praise God God is good God yeah. is good we've run out yeah. of time on the radio go check us out on the podcast David uh, on the podcast section I want to ask you like one of, one of the toughest things as a father that you've encountered that you didn't think you were going to, to encounter when you first mm. started becoming a father get ready for that Ooh. We'll yeah. be right. sounds good uh, tune in on the Catholic Mansion one on the Lord's scene the winning side so raise your glass and cheers to Jesus yeah, so that's why that, that, that's a, that's a question I wanted to ask you uh, this evening was that you're, you're you've played this father game a lot longer than we have, right? And so, uh, yeah, like most unprepared for, or is that what kind of you're getting? Yeah, at? like yeah, like you didn't realize this was actually going to be a hard thing that I did not think I was going to have to encounter, or like that I thought was going to be hard as a father. Yeah, well, I think I alluded to it a little earlier. Puberty. Which- Right, no. <laughs> this, it's, well, it's the smell. Okay. Well, you know, and, I, and I have to give my my wife a lot of credit for how effective I am as a father because, like, she she did something that was really brilliant. She she just she worked with the with the boys and she you know when they were like eleven and twelve and twelve and she said just so you know, here in about a year you're about to get really stupid. I just want to let you know, right? You're going to think that what you're saying is genius and it is not going to be genius at all. I just want to give you a fair warning. So at the, at their age, they're like, okay, you know, like, okay, like seriously, we're, we're prepared. And so, so when those moments come, when those moments come, their mother and the father look over and she's like, I told you it's happening right now. And they're like, okay, right. This is okay. There's a lot of physiology going on right now. This is just a normal, nothing wrong with me. This is okay. They're going to their siblings. Like mom said something so weird to me today. You're about to get really. I've stupid. never heard Genius. you say. What is the? Uh, telling me I'm right? smart. <laughs> but um, what is it? I got when I was 17. I couldn't believe how dumb my dad was. But when I turned 24, I was amazed at how much he learned in the last seven years. Yeah, exactly. Who said that? I was like, yeah, yeah. like I think uh, that's Mark hilarious. Twain, Mark I Twain remember having a, a moment in my life where I was like, <laughs> you know what? My parents have been right about everything. Everything. <laughs> like, whoa, how did that happen? So so I think the how, biggest yeah, exactly. So the biggest surprise. So again, I have to give my wife a lot of credit for for my effectiveness as a father. Um, and I think that's that that goes without saying is that we can rely on our wives to give us insight, mm-hmm. right? So we don't have to do this by ourselves. They are right there. Like our our closest confidant, the one that's actually probably seeing it better than we are, mm-hmm. right? In a lot of ways, we can go to for advice. Hey, uh, I need to talk to so and so. Do you you know you've been with this person for the last four straight days, um, unceasingly? Right, yeah, like constantly. Like this is the person that is spending the most time with your children yeah. during the week, particularly, mm-hmm. right? Are we going to our spouses to get advice? And and I have never run into a situation where you know my wife was unwilling to share with me the insights that she has, because that is part of their vocation. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the sacrament of holy matrimony, not patrimony, right? Mm-hmm. So the 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 wives see it, right? They they so so th- so we should absolutely go there to the well and make sure that we're pulling from the reservoir. But then I think the biggest thing that caught me off guard. And I alluded to it a little earlier was how much I associate my own identity with the output or the the attitude or the um, the decisions that my children make. Mm. Disassociating the decisions that they make about what they say and do and think from me. Mm-hmm. So then, oftentimes, my knee jerk reaction to say, "What are you saying? Why are you doing that?" Right, is more selfish because I don't like the way that that makes me look. 
Yeah. As a father, oh, yeah, Ooh. kids will humble you so quick, right? Ooh, I don't like uh, that. That is that's not good PR for the Williams family, right there. Mm-hmm. You right. better watch, right? Yeah. So to, so and so forth. So so in the in those moments, though, we objectify, you know, the relationship because mm-hmm. now your your attitude, the way you behave, uh, is directly associated with the way that I want to be perceived yeah. by my friends and or your, by the your value is your is your behavior and my value yeah. is your behavior, right? So. They need to be able to know that you are your own person, whether or not they behave well or not. Right? Is a, a good piece of advice from another another family that I uh, interviewed, and in, because I I like to ask this question too, like, mm. hey, how'd you guys do it? Right? Yeah. Um, was hey, if they turn away from him, and God forbid that they do, our goal as parents is to make sure that they know the person that they're turning away from. But my identity as a Catholic, as a man, as a father, mm. is strong and it's solid regardless of the way that they decide to lead their lives. Now, that seems somewhat controversial because, of course, the hope for all of us is that all of them are in heaven, including us someday. Right, but they have to make their own decisions. But they do have to make their own decisions. It's back to that whole don't yell up the stairs you know, uh, piece of advice. It's like, hey, we respect that, but if you're going to turn away from him, my goal as your father is to make sure that you know who you're turning away from. And you know, if mm-hmm. we do a good enough job um, helping them fall in love with Jesus... Mm-hmm. You that, know, that basically sums up everything you know that you know who it is right because you you do that's establishment that is the establishment part right that's right um yeah you're gonna make your own choices that's why that's what i'm establishing you to make them that you make your own choices and make them well but at the end of the day they're your choices choices. they're not my choices i can't make the choices for you that's right i'm establishing you to make your own choices and they're gonna be yours and no matter and like if i do my job well you know who it is you're rejecting if you choose to reject them. Whether it's Satan or or God the Father, right? right? Or the world, the flesh, you know, whatever. Like you're going to you're going to reject something. That's right. That's right. And so you need to know what it is and who it is you're rejecting. Primarily God the Father. If, That's right. You know. So I think the thing that I didn't anticipate was the anger, the unjust anger that precipitated from the association of their actions with me as a person. Right, um, if the you, anger, if, anger if, from your anger like, within you, within me, right? Is 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 because it's like, well, if if uh, if they behave poorly, then I must have done a poor job as a father, right? If if you know if they're not thinking the things that that I want them to be thinking or that I was told that they should be thinking based on the book that I read from Aquinas, then I'm gonna I'm gonna take that on and and take it personally, right? That that I have failed, right? Mm. And so in those moments of unjust anger. And sinful anger, right? Those that's been the biggest surprise is going. Oh wow! You step away from that, and you you, you examine your conscience, and you bring it before confession, and um, and yeah, you begin again. But when you step away from that and you realize, oh wow, I am I am tying two things together that shouldn't be tied tied together here, mm-hmm. right? I think that's been the biggest surprise is going. Man, I thought I was more sure of who I was than obviously I am um, playing out to be here. And, and so then the hmm. challenge for me now is, wow, I'm getting older, supposedly supposed to be getting wiser. <laughs> I'm deeper in the game. You're asking me for advice because I'm deeper in the game. But it's almost like that moment for Aquinas, like, hey, it's all straw. Like, I, I thought I knew, but I have seen some, I have, you know, like, I'm completely at the behest of the grace and the mercy hmm. of God here, right? Yeah. So then the more time that I spend before the Lord in, in humble adoration to say, I cannot do a good thing 
without your help. I know nothing. I am, I am a, a husband and a father and a Catholic, and I am supposed to be a good father and a son and a, you know, and and and, uh, and a spouse here, and I am failing miserably on my own knowledge and understanding. I need something different to happen here. So in those moments of humility, when I can go before the Lord and go, okay, God, I will let you control this conversation. Empathy, I will listen. I will I will not be as prone to 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 lend my advice and my age, you know, even though I'm getting gray hairs now, like the less I know, right? The more the more I can kind of take that on, the better I behave in those in those situations, sure. right? And so I think that's that's probably been the biggest surprise is if you would have interviewed me 15 years ago, I'm like, I am like the kindest, most soft-hearted guy. Like I'm like a puppy, you know? I, I would have described myself as like, you know, I don't have an angry bone in my body. Um, and unfortunately, you know, my family has seen moments that would prove would prove yeah. otherwise. And so the journey for me and being honest with if, with my own children has been, hey, like in those moments, you know, yeah, you go to the confessional, but in those public moments in front of the family, it is absolutely okay to go individually and say, "Hey, contrite before you know contrition." Um, and and I and I think you know the same person that gave the three pieces of advice earlier. This is one other piece of advice because I went to him with this issue too, and he said, "You know, if you are not willing to apologize to your children for a moment of indiscretion, whether it be anger or." you know, something that you said or, you know, you, you, you raise your voice too much or whatever it is. If you can't go to them with that, don't ever expect for them to share the deepest longings in their heart. Don't ever expect them to, mm. to open up that channel of communication. Do they see contrition in you? And that's not, and it's, and it's a real apology. It's an eyeball to eyeball. Hey, daddy, I wasn't patient. I should have been more empathetic, but I wasn't. I'm very sorry. Will you please forgive me? And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that that doesn't ever happen again, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and then you got they're they're right there, so you better improve <laughs> because they're gonna they're gonna call you on it, right? So sure. I, I think that's been the biggest surprise for me to answer your question. It's a really good question, and I'm just sharing just yeah. as honestly yeah, as I can. Great. Like yeah. it's it's a, it, that's been the biggest surprise is is that that anger of feeling and, and again the anger comes from like feeling like you're not doing enough. Feeling like you're not, you, you could be a better guy. You could be a better dad, um, and you know, and 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 um, and and so I found like just giving that to the Lord at the beginning of the day, particularly, and saying, "Hey, I can't be a good dad or a good husband today without your help." That's it. It's like Saint Philip Neri. I will sin today if you don't help me, Lord. <laughs> like it's gonna be bad. You can. Yeah, I, gu- I guarantee it. I, gu- <laughs> I guarantee it's gonna be yeah, bad if yeah. you don't help me out. <laughs> So those moments where I can remember that and start the day that way, um, I think that's been the, you know, that's that's been the area that that I've been, you know, focusing on the most. So hopefully that I don't know if that answers yeah. your question uh, or not, that's but that's fantastic. That's awesome. yeah. I want to circle back to just one thing you said about you know talking to your wife about getting insight into how we should behave. I just think that that is so true. Um, women just have a, a deeper intuition. You know, yeah. they, in fact, they have an intuition into the lives of our yeah, kids yeah. that just men don't okay yeah right. you're acting like we have that right it's like yeah, it's like do we a have deeper it? like, like you're qualifying right. this it's like, right it's like i see a, on the outside things that they do you yeah. know right um and one thing that i that i have done that i just think it's a good practice uh you know we talk about prayer hacks sometimes you just like i've never thought to pray for that um i try to make a regular habit of praying for the 
uh, intuition of my wife. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that's a- good. Asking the Holy Spirit to give her a deep insight and clarity into the like hmm. the interior lives of our children. Yeah. Uh, because th- I think that's one of her gifts. That it's not one of my gifts. Right. I, like I could pray for it, but it's just not one of my gifts as a father. Right. Like it is for her. I mean, for her, it's it's more second nature. So. Um, that's something I try to make a regular habit of doing um, so that she can have those things. Yep. Um, because I, th- I think that there's kind of a trap, uh, mental attitude about us fathers. I'm the head of the family. I'm the one who decides things. And that means I don't ask for advice. That's right. Right. And that's a total lie. That's not it at all. The generals, a general in the army asks for advice from lower ranking military officers right. all the time. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that they're any less in charge. That's right. And I would even argue, especially when it comes to discipline, because we like to think, well, I'm the one in charge. I get to decide what the discipline is for my boy. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, I'm going to have a conversation with your mother about your discipline. Give me one second. I'll be right back. Oh, man. Let that. Let them. Let them. <laughs> let them simmer let them on that. Simmer on that right. for about five to ten minutes. Give it a second. We're going to have a private conference. You were nearly here. this sweaty when I left you. <laughs> <laughs> right? But that's powerful, too, to say, hey, this is what happened. Uh, you were with this child for the entire day, right? And and so this is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is appropriate, right? Or And then and then she can adjust the bar, too. Ooh, I don't know about that. Or maybe we need to wait till the morning and, you know. So and that's another another you know if I can remember that that yeah. that usually pans out a lot better than the whole I never I, I you're going to be camping outside for the next thirty five days like you know I mean well this is something you're going to regret this is something you're going to regret you know this is the whole, um, whole importance though of, they would probably love uh, that by the way temper- <laughs> yeah yeah they'd be like sweet <laughs> yeah I'm stealing money from your wallet more often that's right, that's right. but this is the importance of uh, uh, having your emotions tempered when disciplining right. This is something that I have, you know, continually, yes. I continually struggle with uh, is when I am in, you know, disciplining my children to not have my emotions high. Right. You know, to, so a, you can think, struggle. so you can think logically, so you can see yeah. clearly. Give yourself so, a pause. Right. So you can give yourself a pause to make sure that you're, you're, you know, the, the crime fits the punishment uh, and make yeah. sure that you're right. not. Because otherwise, like, everything's a spanking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's right. no timeout around yeah, right. here. Well, and my kids will laugh uh, when they they're probably watching right now. But I I usually come up with an odd number, right? We've been talking for the last 17 minutes about this, <laughs> or like this is the seventh time, and it's always an odd number. And they reminded me of this the other day. Usually like, prime too. Yeah, it's like a prime. There, it's yeah. a prime number. <laughs> it's usually a prime number yeah. that I give them. Like for the last nine minutes and 37 seconds, right, we've been exactly. talking about this, right? Um, yeah. So then those moments of heat, that's the that's the double effect of saying, hey. I'm going to go talk to your mother for a second. Yeah, yeah it, gives, gives you a it second. gives you a chance That's to right. cool off. And then the other thing, too, I think that helps me anyway is the kids are the bed, you know, to have to have a debrief time where you sit down and talk about the children. Or if you have, you know, multiples and you may not have time to talk through all of them. But, hey, are, are there one or two conversations that we need to have about what happened during the day? And, and, you know, how can we work on formation tomorrow? But a lot of the time, too, it's, hey, how did you think? that went whenever I handled that situation with so-and-so earlier tonight. Uh, and opening up yourself to the advice for your own formation from your bride. Ooh, like it's, it, 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 it's like it, it rubs up against like what we think we ought to be doing as men. Like we should know the answers here, but like mm-hmm. to say, Hey, 
what did you think that res- could I have done better in my response? Did you did you sense you know a greater deal of anger than even I? Because sometimes you, we're we're a poor judge, and you better be ready for the answer. And you better be ready for the answer. Right. All, more often than not, the answer is going to be you know a, a, a maybe for, take you off guard, a or, formation yeah. opportunity, right? Yeah. Uh, because you know our spouses are also brilliant advisors for our own formation mm-hmm. too, right? And that's the other piece of this, right? So again, we're we are, you know, back to just being thankful to the Lord for giving us this chance to hang out with some amazing people like our spouses and our kids, and um, you know, and then and then and then the retroactive component of what they teach us, you know, yeah. what oh, they yeah. reveal to us, um, and and you know, my my kids um, as they're getting older are spurring me on to holiness in ways that. You know, it's like, wait, I thought it was supposed to be the other way around. And it's like, oh, you know, it's it's coming right back at me. You know, this is and, and, the establishment. And part. this is the establishment part. It's like, ooh, this is a this is a this cool, is great. A cool mean, machine. That, here. Yeah, that means you're doing something right. You know, like you're establishing them where they're pushing you now for holiness. Right. It, this so is ideal. When my kids were your all's ages, um, I, uh, I I had I had one guy that was really struggling with like paying attention at mass. And I just uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to share a little bit of my struggle with paying attention at mass with him. And I said, Hey, daddy, during certain parts of the mass, I really, I start to think about a lot of things, work and, and, you know, things I need to be focusing on Jesus. So if you can help me, if, because anytime I see somebody holding their hands like this with their fingers pointing to Jesus, it reminds me of what I'm supposed to be focusing on. And I really want to be focusing on Jesus. So is there any way that you can help me focus more on Jesus by putting your hands like this and pointing them toward Jesus. It would really help me a lot, right? For that kid, I mean, mission control. Like, oh, yeah. They were on it. No, you don't like, understand. I need to help my dad. I am helping okay. my dad get to heaven right now, right? Like, so, again, that if was... If I don't a, do this, he, he totally <laughs> lost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was, that was particular parenting for that little one, right? That's, that's great. But it was like, hey, I... This is a huge help for me because if I look over and I see your fingers pointing that way, it is an instant reminder for me what I should be thinking about. And again, within that, and it wasn't just a ploy, like legitimately, I do get distracted. And when I look sure. at my kids and their 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 hands are like that, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I got it, right? So it wasn't just a ruse, but boy, that that kid's been locked in ever since. We're we're nice. we're, we're good. <laughs> we're help we're we're helping daddy get to heaven, right? We, Which is the whole idea here. It gives a, back. I started with Santiago a few weeks ago. We've been working on bowing to the the name of Jesus during Mass. Mm. And uh, one day he come, he just started talking on my arm. And I'm just like, what, Sandy? He goes like, you forgot to bow to the name of Jesus. <laughs> For him, it was more like a half competition. Like, <laughs> I want to outdo one, my dad. And I'm like, well, thank you for the reminder. But did you bow? <laughs> That's right. He was like, "No, but I didn't see you bow either." You know, so it's like <laughs> right. yeah. we were talking in the middle of mass. Just That's like right. it's like we bowed, but I did not see the deacon bow. Just for the record, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, right? I mean, they you teach them that, and then they start watching for it. And now, now we're on. Like now right. we're now we're in the um, you know we're in the accountability seat for sure. Pretty sure the yeah. deacon doesn't yeah. even love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I went I, through the I, entire creed with that. He only, bow. ba- he only bows like seventy percent of the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I told him. For all the deacons out there, thank you for what you do. Yeah. 
We love you. We love you. <laughs> I told him, Santiago, if for five masses straight, I look over every time you hear the images and you bow, we will go to the store and you can buy any Lego set that you want oh. for five weeks. Oh, man. Locked in. In, in a row. In a row. Yeah. Mm. In a in a row. That is tough. That's so wow. That is tough. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be getting a leg. I mean, you're watching like, for it. He's probably he's probably like, you know, just also wait, that waiting for that moment. Sounds very expensive. <laughs> it would be <laughs> like those are that awesome. ridiculously. You know, like, that is awesome. But that's a, you know, like hey, I'll pay I'll pay the money for a habit. Yeah. Will, but, see, oh, yeah. but, but here's the, but, here, but here's you know, the, you know but, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like I'll buy a habit in my That's no problem. But what's cool about that? Yes. What's cool about that though? Is like he'll never forget that. He will right. always remember it, right? He'll never forget it, and he'll be he'll be forty years old someday and be telling that story of yeah, you know, if he actually does it and goes if to the he store does it, and if buys he gets it, the Legos, that's the yeah, key. If that's he gets true. the Legos, if he gets the Legos, he'll get to the Legos. That's a great. Eventually, yeah. he will. Can I be yeah, a part of that too? <laughs> <laughs> I want a dad. I want a dad that can buy me Legos like that. There are yeah. like but, some pretty sweet Legos these days. Right. They have upgraded. Yeah, yeah. Big oh, they are. They're, nice. they're crazy. David, yeah. however, before we, f we finish, I want to be yeah. good with our host, with our guest. Yes. We, we want to be good hosts. Yes. Yeah. You said you had some questions for us, and they have been bombarding you with questions to you. Yeah, because I got problems. You know. So oh, do yeah. you have any questions okay. for them? <laughs> well, I would, I would ask this, is if, if you could pass along your top two things that you do as a part of your regular weekly, monthly, yearly routine... Two mm -hmm. things that you do that you are just so grateful that you have implemented into your life. So, you know, a lot of them you've put into this book, but mm -hmm. even it doesn't, mm -hmm. it, it could be something in here or something even extra biblical or extra living beyond Sunday. -y. Um, two things that you unregrettably have done that you will never, you know, let go. Um, mm hmm. I'll get. I'll start off with one, and, th and then you go, and then that gives me another uh, a second. Yeah, a few more minutes. Yeah, to think about your number two. Okay, yeah. go ahead. So the first one is uh, without a doubt the prayer board, and we talk about it on the. In, I talk about it in the book, but it has changed the way our family has prayed together, mm -hmm. and not only uh, instituted uh, being able to pray for one another, but being able to pray to the saints. Um, uh, we had Andrew Pudua on our show a while back, and he he gave us the idea of having a dry erase board right by the, the kitchen table because yeah. everybody's there and it's an opportunity for you to, you, you know, to, to teach and to, mm -hmm. um, catechize yeah. and, and, and to, uh, you know, just have a good quality time yeah. and family time together. And so, uh, when I started doing that and I implemented, you know, after everybody finishes eating, we all, you know, have a specific intention through a specific saint and then we, we we conclude dinner, praying for those things yeah. as together as a family. Um, not only did I get like beautiful insights into what my my kids were thinking about because mm -hmm. they you know that is a that's a prayer hack in and of itself or you it know is. life hack because you ask them what would you like to pray for right. Well, ultimately they're going to say what is kind of like on their hearts you know whether right. it's you know super meaningful or not very meaningful but at least you have you know where they are right. and what the, what their thought process is um so it's not only not only do i uh, i got a chance to to hear you know from each of my children but uh being able to have my wife text me you know in the afternoon saying like by the way i just want to let you know 
one of your kids just prayed for the intention that you asked for last night. Wow. You know, those are the kind of things like, yes. Ah, that's you know, so like, cool. you know, it's, it, it, it's connect. Like we're, it's, it's working. Good, Cause I really want that. <laughs> you know, <thing. laughs> yeah. um, that's right. It's working. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. The fruits of that's that awesome. have been, uh, have been uh, uh, a lot um, for, for our family. Well, so thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So my, like people who listen to our show are probably getting tired of me talking about this, but uh, just, uh, I want to talk about prayer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, several years ago, we did Exodus 90 for the first time, and it really changed my life, absolutely. Uh, it was like, There's a lot of great things about Exodus 90, but it was the 20 minutes of silent contemplative prayer in the morning that um, just changed uh, it changed my relationship with Christ. Yeah. And um, I'll be eternally grateful to Exodus 90 for that. And so um, that has now become an integral part of like my identity, hmm. right? Like that I have a prayer life. I have a relationship with Christ yeah. um, that I didn't have before. And that has really changed who I am. It's yeah. changed the way I think about myself. It's changed the way I view who, like who I am as a person. Yeah. Right. Because I know him and yeah. like he knows me and we talk every single day. Um, and sometimes those, those conversations are, really terrible because I'm like totally distracted the whole time. Right. Um, I don't intend to be, but like that's the way it goes, <laughs> you know. Right, right. Um, he, like a child, look, he looks at me like a child. And it's like, well, you, you know, like you're very cute and precious, you know, like with your right. being distracted. But I was thinking, how do I, I, I like I, when I discovered this authentic prayer life, I, yeah. I, I just desperately wanted to give it to my kids. What am I gonna? You can't. I can't just give them my prayer life, right? Right. Um, and, and but one thing that I did was um, my oldest was recently um, we did the restored order because we're homeschooling, and so she yeah. had her first communion and um, confirmation. And so I told her like, all right, Elizabeth, um, and, but let me back up. Uh, during COVID, they would you know I was working from home, yeah. um, and so every day they would see me when they came out of the room. I would be there at prayer every day, um, and so. It was is now become a, a part of their life yeah. that they see dad at prayer every single day, um, and I kind of orchestrated that on purpose. Going back to like listening to John Paul II yes. giving his testimony about seeing his father at prayer and how influential that was in discerning his own vocation. Yeah, so I wanted to try to do that. Um, so I put the prayer area in a way, in a place that they would see, you yeah. know, not so that they'd see me, but you know, I wanted them to see me. Right. Um, right. So the fact that they had seen me at prayer. Every day for years, when this when I find that when Elizabeth was confirmed, really made a big difference. Yeah. Because I said, "Hey, you right, you're seven. I want you to pray every day. For you know, you're gonna get up, gonna go to the bathroom, and then you're gonna spend seven minutes in prayer because you're seven years old. Right. Just quiet time. I'm not gonna tell you what to pray. You can pray whatever you want. What you can sing hymns. I mean, I, you know, like awesome. you, you can ask questions. But I, I encourage her to have, be quiet. Yeah. You know. Um, and so she has been very faithful at doing that. And I just, like, I feel like this is the most important thing I'm doing as a father is awesome. teaching her to pray. Um, it's more important than teaching her to read. It's mm. more important than teaching her to do math, more important than teaching her to do anything else mm. in life is teaching her to pray. Um, and in fact, just yesterday, she told me, Dad, I just want you to know. Out of the last three weeks, I've only missed one day of prayer. I was on Thanksgiving, and I just, you know, like we woke up early, you were like, and I just forgot. And it's like, but ev- other than that, I've been praying every <laughs> so day. And, uh, 
It was like, oh, it was just like it brought you missed you, out on the Legos. You, but, you, you, know. you come here and I'm gonna hug you so <laughs> hard. Exactly. No, you no know. Legos for you, but that's okay. I know. Earlier we said you couldn't get a pony, but <laughs> we will get a pony. Okay. Ponies for everybody. <laughs> that is so. I sweet. have a farm now. That's so right. we have ponies. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That so like so sweet. The, the, the like the idea that uh, we're a household of prayer that like that I'm a man of prayer and I want to pass on to her that, hey, look, Amen. this is what a man is. A man prays mm. every day. That's powerful. Um, and that is that is what a man is. And if, if you meet a man who doesn't pray, he's not a real man. Mm. He's a shadow of a man. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, That's powerful. So that's, that's my number one. I have no idea what my number two is. I hope you were able to come up with something, Adam. <laughs> well, I had, uh, I had two thoughts. One was not as uh, great or influenced, uh, like, like impactful i think for our family but one was you know once my kids uh were able we did the restored order as well so once they were able to do that we we took a trip with them you know and i invited uh my dad i love this idea and and like my my, my, you know my my best friends uh and had them join us and so like now you get to be a part of that's like awesome. something big, you know, it's a kind, rite of, of a, kind of a rite of passage. Yeah. I mean, it, it's idea. not kind of, it is a rite of yeah. passage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in l- letting them be involved in, and they still talk about that to this day. Uh, but the other one, I think that has been more like concrete influential that we, I see an impact, you know, every week. Yeah. Um, and this is something that people who've listened to the show will get tired of hearing as well. But uh, I taught my children when they were young, how to be quiet mm. in the home. That like there are certain times we be quiet with yeah. duct tape. With yeah, right. Yeah, and right. like yeah, and <laughs> zip ties. <laughs> no, no. Duct, no, no duct tape was used in the main. <laughs> uh, no ducks were harmed. In the <laughs> no duct tape. That's right. Uh, but we like set aside quiet time, where we all would just be quiet. Ah. Oh. And then that way, whenever we were at mass, yep. they were able to say, oh, I okay, I know how to act. That's I, right. I, I, I know how to be quiet because I've been doing that at home, and now I can apply that here at mass. That's right. So it was just a way of, uh, I think, of setting my children up, you know, for success. Uh, you know, I can't expect them to be quiet in mass one hour a week right. uh, without them practicing that outside of that one hour a week. Right. Uh, and so... Um, that really was a game changer, and it made me start thinking about, okay, mm. the virtue of silence. Yep. Okay, what other virtues do I need to be doing, like doing this same, applying the same practice outside of just the silence aspect? Right. Uh, and so that was just a really uh, game changer for me. And this is, that's not a... Uh, Einstein moment or any you know rocket science moment is that you have to practice the virtues at home so that way they do them you know when they get out and you establish them in the home so they go out and and, uh, you know live those virtues out of the home but um, wait you mean I shouldn't give my kids an iPad well uh, I I would not give your kids not until they're three yeah yeah you know guys uh, we actually had a question about that on the YouTube's on the YouTube's the the multiple the tubes of YouTube trims about like technology and particularly mm-hmm. what do you restrict when they are less than 10 years old and how much restriction is too much? Okay, so I, 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 I want to throw so something that immediately comes out and I wish I would have actually used this as my number two. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that we have done with our children is we have instilled a rule that you are not allowed to look at anybody else's phone or iPad without first asking mom and dad's permission. That's right. Looking over their shoulder. That's right. Yeah. Because when you're at family events or friend it doesn't events even or whatever, it doesn't matter. It does whatever matter. it is. Yeah. And so like, it's you know, a Pamela no, can't. The, I, this, yeah. I was, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Tell, no, no, you tell the story because yeah. you know, but I think you know better than me, but this is such yeah. a, you know, I, go ahead. I love, no, it, no, I think you should tell it because. Well, so Pamela was, uh, you know. My wife. Yeah. Pamela. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which we are, we, nice. hang, we hang out all the time together. You know, yep. we are very, everybody's very comfortable with everybody. Uh, Pamela was wanting to just to we're like godparents, you know. Yeah, godparents. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, tied in yeah, yeah. yeah. Show yeah we were like, yeah, we are, uh, you know. Uh, but <laughs> Pamela wanted to show uh, Luke. Was it a picture? Luke. Yeah, it was like, yeah, he was going to show Luke a picture that she had taken of something. I don't yeah. remember of what. Yeah. yeah, but she said, Luke, come here, let me show you. And he goes, No, I need to go ask my mom and dad first. Mm. And it impressed Pamela it's so, so much. She and it's like, not. And it's not because like I. It's not. This is not a controlling thing. But it's like, listen. Uh, people like have things on their phone that are That's not right. appropriate. There's always memes. There's always memes that people. Are, hey, right. check this. Yep. Here's and it's like video. you never That's know. Like, oh, and, and like if you like let it. them like start touching, they automatically figure out like how to go to the next thing yeah. or like you know. And they want more, more, more. They can't control their appetite for that. You know, like immersive yeah. experience. Yep. And Adam and Haley know that that my wife Pamela is not going to show Luke anything inappropriate. No. But you know what, Luke doesn't know how to make those decisions himself, right, especially right. at the time, because this was a few years ago, but right. even still. That's super cool. You know, like, and I think that's a fantastic rule. It's a practical application of, hey, yeah, no, you, you're mm-hmm. a child. You don't get to look at a device yep. unless I say so, uh, you know, and that's a rule. And if, if you break that rule, there are consequences, yep. right? Yep. yep. For uh, just to, in answering this too, like we have made the decision that there, if there are devices, then there are devices, but they are family devices, right? Mm-hmm. There's no individual devices in the home. And I have, I have all the way up to 17, right? They will, you know, my, I'm not worried about my 17 year old figuring out how to, whenever he's, you know, grown and he's got to, you know, man, manage all this. Like we have, you know, multiple conversations about this, but for their time in the home, the devices that are in the home are, are, are guarded and protected family devices. So, there's no, um, this is mine or this is, you know, this is our, you know, this is my computer. This is my iPad or anything like that. It's the family computer center in the home. We have an iPad, but it's, you know, it's, it's locked for mom and daddy to open up and that's it. Um, and, and the, because culturally we don't want our lives to be about the devices. If, if we have enough of the world that's, that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. uh, craw- crawling through those screens anyway at us. Um, but but I think the so I guess for the ten and under, there's absolutely not a, a moment where any of in any anybody under the age of ten in my family has a um, has their own um, screen that they are you know de- devoting their time to, even if it's a reader. I think sometimes too the the readers can be oh they're reading you know it's like well but you can't you can't. Mm-hmm. Like the physical turn of the pages and the smell of the book and right. the, you know yeah. I mean you're you can save so yourself a lot of money. That's right, like so much money and just buy them books. You know that's right. So and so then when it comes to to time, if it's an educational situation or if there's some sort of uh, you know online thing that they've got to they've got to do for school or they're practicing for their ACT or something like that, um, there's that culture of permission, mm-hmm. right? Is is I I would like to do this, may I? Right, mm-hmm. um, which again. To translate that, you know, you might think, well, that's really restrictive, and you know, you need to give them more practice with with dealing. Well, 
I'm not worried about them being able to figure it out. They can figure it out in 30 minutes how to how to use a device. Mm-hmm. That's not the problem here. Mm-hmm. The problem is are they are is that culture going to help them to think about the fact of hey, am I going to give myself permission to do this? Yeah, right. right. So the 25 year old version of these children are they going to have that culture living inside of them? Right. That's right. the yeah. idea there. And yeah, I just think. I might. I think that I might come across as extreme on the, on this issue. I don't think it is actually. I'm not being extreme. I think that I'm being actually very reasonable. That kids don't get devices. Kids don't get technology because the, that technology um, is not for them. Excuse me, real quick. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that, um, like, you cannot give your you cannot give your child a cell phone. That's their cell phone. Right. You just can't do that. In fact, I've already told my kids, I've told them this several times, and I'm going to continue to tell them, like, at least on an annual basis, just as a reminder, that all of you children of mine will be the last of all of your friends to get a cell phone. Right. And I take that as a challenge, Adam. Challenge, <laughs> challenge okay. accepted. All right. Like, That's right. Challenge on. Like, like I'm right. totally fine with that being a challenge. Because well, on the day of your on the day of your wedding, you promised God before the entire church that you would give a cell phone. No, you didn't. Right? <laughs> right. right? It was it like, was that you would raise your children in the faith. And in right? fact, and all of the science right? and all of the evidence is on my side of the argument that the more you introduce uh, tech, like technology and screens, actually, the less you inhibit their imaginative thinking. Like the less of a child you make them. Like giving them technology to where they like espouse themselves to it, where it's theirs and they use it and they get addicted to it. All you're doing is making them less innocent. You're like making them less of a child, and you just shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, like you you are the father. You we're providing, protecting, and establishing. Well, this is like the basic thing, the protecting part. You can't establish if you're not going to protect, right? That's right. I, I'm. I, this is just, I'm kind of passionate about this. Yeah. But is that your number two or do you have a No, have a I have a two? different number two that's like far less significant than this. Okay. <laughs> um, my number two is something that uh, that we're doing that I think is really good, it, especially for young kids, about f- establishing financial prudence mm. with your kids. Um, because when your I kids, think that's significant. When your kids are young, they, you know, they get Easter baskets, they get money, like, you know, they get... Like, if you don't do anything, all of a sudden you realize that your kids have like $300, you right. know? And it's like, how did you get it? It was like, I don't know. Grandma gives me money all, you know, you know, <laughs> if they just have a, like a piggy bank, right. Before you know it, there's going to be a lot of money in there. So, um, this is something that Pamela did in her family. So I got to give props to my, my in-laws, um, is that they had three jars. There was a spend, save and share mm. jar. Ooh. And so whenever they got money, they, d- it was divided up, evenly you know like as much as possible like propor- yeah. proportionally thank you yeah uh, because you know you can't rip the 20 dollar bill in thirds um but people have tried right you just doesn't it just work, doesn't you know? work out like, yeah you think you got 60 dollars and you don't you have zero dollars but um <laughs> just having a spend set that spend save and share jar and honestly what has happened in our family is that the share jar is the most like the most popular because they get a lot more opportunities to do something with it every week at mass. Oh, I get to put it in the basket, right? right. The, sh- the save jar is boring. Right. You don't do anything <laughs> with it, okay? Unless you're saving for a huge Lego set. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's right. but that's that's the spend. 
the save is just to save, right? It, like it's the just fourth jar is keeping track of just, how many times I've bowed to the name of Jesus, and then right. then you can catch those. The in, save right? jar <laughs> is just for you. Just look at it, get bigger. So That's it's right. not like saved for long term things. No, just no. Like, the spend you don't you do not spend the save jar. Uh, it's mm. mind blowing, right? For me, spend is like candy money. No, no, no. Save no. is no. like the save money. jar is you save it. Yeah. That's what you do with it. <laughs> the spend jar, you might let accumulate for a while right. before yeah. you spend it. Uh, and occasionally we'll take them to the dollar store, which they think is the best store in the world, <laughs> right? <laughs> that but is it, the best But anyway, store. It, like, there's a lot of financial prudence, I think, in these mm-hmm. basic right. jars about sharing because you're it's like from the beginning um as early as they have money they learn to tithe yeah mm-hmm. um and i think that's that's important um it's a good lesson yeah to learn so well, it's not maybe the most important lesson in the world tithing, well, managing, tithing is a big deal though yeah. And, yeah. and if you if you accept that because if you don't do that and then you get your first paycheck you know as an adult it's yep. really hard to to take because in the beginning when you're working you know you're poor Right. What, no matter what, basically, no matter who you are, That's when right. you get out of college or when you leave high school and you enter the workforce, you're poor. Well, you're teaching your kids how to use a tool. I mean, money is a tool, right? right. So it's just yeah. like showing them how to use a hammer or how to use a particular wrench. You're just saying, hey, when you get this in, this mm-hmm. is the this is the way to manage it. Here are the right. nuances, mm-hmm. and here's the here's the flexibility. And right? it's and it's an addictive tool. Money. We don't. Right. I mean, we talk about just how like addictive technology, technology is. Yeah. We right. like we actually don't talk very often about how addictive money is. Yeah, that's right. Mr. Williams, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's a blast. This podcast it is fantastic. Thank yep. you very much. Love it. When the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen.